1: Not the donkey or the elephant. This is the podcast that's too liberal for conservatives and too conservative for liberals. I'm Patrick Miller. And I'm Keith Simon. And we choose truth over tribe. Do you? Jason Adam is a relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. He broke into the major leagues in 2018, and he's played for several teams. Right now, he finds himself in the middle of a controversy surrounding LGBTQ Pride Month. Along with some teammates, Jason chose not to wear a hat and a patch on his uniform, celebrating Pride. Of course, they're taking heat for that decision. And much of that heat is coming from the sports media. In our conversation, we discuss why he and his teammates made this decision, how the Rays organization reacted, why Major League Baseball is getting involved in political and cultural issues, what he's learned from talking with those who disagree with him, and maybe most importantly, what he'd say to those who accuse him of bigotry. Jason isn't an academic or a pastor. He's just a regular guy trying to live out his faith. But because he's a baseball player, he's having to do it all in a more public setting. I think you're going to like Jason and also learn something from him. Jason Adam, welcome to Truth Over Tribe.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: So you've gotten yourself into the middle of a little controversy lately. How are you and your (laughs) wife, Kelsey, holding up? How has it affected you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot, obviously, but we're doing well. I think as much hate and vitriol as you see on Twitter, I've also gotten, and Kelsey's gotten a lot of supportive messages from people we agree with and disagree with just saying, Hey, we're here for you. So that's been encouraging. And you know what, it's kind of the life we're called to live.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I'm glad you've gotten some positive encouragement, because I know in social media, and some of the media reports, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, you've gotten... hammered, you would think you're a pretty bad dude. So we'll see if you live up to the billing here. Uh, I want to get back to how you guys are doing in a little bit, but we better set up the story for those people who haven't maybe been following it. So so let me give a shot and see what I understand about it, and then you can fill in some gaps for me. So it essentially comes down to this. On Saturday, June 4th, in a game against the Yankees, you and some of your teammates chose not to wear a hat that the team was wearing and a patch on on your uniform and that patch and that hat were related to lgbtq pride month which i think by now we all know that that is held in june uh, there's another lgbt month in october that's lgbt history month i've learned the differences here but essentially lgbtq pride month was started under clinton in 1999 i did a little history to try to figure out when did all this start And it was also recognized by Obama and a little bit kind of indirectly by President Trump. But Major League Baseball has gone all in on it, it seems like, and different teams are celebrating this Pride Month in different ways. There are three teams, your Tampa Bay Rays, the Dodgers, and the Giants, that incorporated pride into their uniform in some way. The rainbow colors is what I mean by pride. They put them in their uniform. And so the Rays had a rainbow-colored patch on the shoulder, the sleeve of the uniform, and a logo on the hat. So you, along with your teammates, Jeffrey Springs, Ryan Thompson, Brooks Rayleigh, and Jalen Beeks, decided that you were not going to wear that hat and you didn't want to wear that patch. So how did you guys make that decision together? Is that something you'd been talking about leading up to this? Like you saw this coming or how does that conversation go down with you guys that you make this big decision?
0: Yeah, there was a ton of conversation and to start it all off too, the team was aware there was really like 10 to 15 guys that weren't comfortable wearing it and preferred not to. So they just basically said to us like, Hey, how we're going to handle it is we're going to provide the hat as an option and you can wear it or not wear it. And so once they provided it as an option, I felt like that kind of removed the pressure, but I didn't feel like I was defying the people higher than me. And we felt like, you know what, if we have the option, we probably should choose not to just to not encourage the pride and encourage that acting on those desires. But it was a tough conversation. We had conversations with our president of the team, our executive director of inclusivity, and they were all supportive. So it was actually really cool conversations with people who we probably don't line up with on all our values, but people who still respected each other enough to have conversation. And we had the teams full support, the clubhouse's full support. So it became a decision that wasn't, I guess, easy because we knew what was going to come from it. But uh it became clear.
1: Okay, so that's good to hear that the team provided space for you to make your own choices. And everybody on the team got to make their own choices about whether they wanted to wear this patch and wear this hat with the rainbow colors on it. And you said that there were 10 to 15 guys who weren't sure exactly what they wanted to do and how they wanted to handle it. Is this a conversation you have like when you're shagging pop flies? Did you have a big team meeting about it? I mean, is this over dinner? How does this go down? Like what kinds the issues are you guys all talking about as a team and maybe those 10 to 15 guys specifically
0: yeah you talk all the time you talk in the clubhouse like you said shaggy fly balls that's the best time to talk and then too we had a few meetings with the staff of the team just talking about like hey what do you think about this and they're being like helping understand where we're coming from and then them helping us understand where they're coming from and their reason for wanting to do it because you know it sounds crazy but i think Two reasonable people can have disagreeing opinions and have a fine conversation.
1: Wow, that's revolutionary right there. Because in our world, it doesn't seem to happen very much, does it? So did you have conversations with people on the team that you disagreed with on this issue? And and in just one moment, I want to read your statement, what you ended up saying publicly about it. But before we get to that, were you kind of going back and forth with guys who maybe didn't see it from your perspective?
0: Yeah, for sure. And really even more so since after. This has all happened, And I think I might have said that in the interview. I don't know if it got printed, but one of the reasons I'm really glad this all happened was because I had deep conversations with people on the opposite end of the spectrum, whether they were atheists or whatever, that I never would have had otherwise. So I had conversations with people who strongly disagree. I'm not going to name names or anything, but just great conversations that were really encouraging for just the direction of our world. So it
1: was fun. Well, I think we've heard about plenty of situations where maybe a teammate was ostracized because they were different or held different beliefs. So it sounds like that's not what happened in your locker room, that there was the room to have conversations about tough subjects, subjects that not everybody agrees on and still be a part of the same team. So it didn't create any kind of division. It sounds like maybe even it brought people together. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say it brought some unity to the clubhouse. The fact that I'm more than just a guy that we joke around with now, I know that guy deeper and I still care for him and love him just as much as I did before, if not more. So I thought it was really cool. You know, maybe
1: the Tampa Bay Rays need to go on a media tour and teach the whole country how to to (laughs) talk about tough subjects, right? You guys do more than play baseball. Sounds like, so you end up becoming the spokesman for the group. Is that right? Like, how yeah. does that happen? Do they look to you? Does the team appoint you to that position? How does that happen?
0: No, it was all last minute. So we had all these meetings leading up with the head of diversity inclusion and our media people. And we would all speak, we'd all share like what our thoughts on it and they'd talk. And so it was that Saturday, like 1129. And I was actually thought it was going to be Ryan and Jalen that we're going to get more of the questions. So I'm sitting there thinking like all right, I'll probably get a few questions. I better prepare, you know, so I'm reading, I'm praying, jotting down like notes of like any points I want to get across. And then I get approached by our media like, "Hey, you mind if we just come to you and you speak on behalf and we just kind of knock this all out?" I'm like, "Yeah, I guess, sure." <laughs> you know, yeah we just liked how you worded things in those meetings. I'm like, "Okay, sure." But I'm like, "All right, when?" are like, "Uh, right now." It's Like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So that's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, I was like, let me take a poop real quick. And so I just went in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, praying. I was like, all hey, right, God, help me out here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nothing like praying when you're pooping. I love it. Yeah,
0: I had to escape for a second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's just get to why you made the choice not to wear the hat and not to wear the arm patch. And so I'm going to read real quick what was in the New York Times. And this is the same account that I saw in most media sources. Now, I hope they got it mainly right. You said you might have said more than they printed. So if there's some things here that they've missed, maybe you can fill us in. But I think the issue we want to talk about is why did you make this decision? So let's get into it here. Here's what they have you down as saying. A lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision. So it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. But when we put it on our bodies, and I think you're talking about the patch, then that rainbow flag. Yeah, the patch right? and the hat. When we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage, it's no different. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe, the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold. But again, we love these men and women. We care about them and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. Is that pretty much what you said? And help us unpack that. Like, why didn't you guys want to wear this patch? It doesn't sound like it's a political issue, right? It's a faith issue.
0: Right. Yeah. Not political at all. It was all down to the life that we believe Jesus has called us to. And it became especially clear when it became optional by the leadership of the team decided, hey, this is optional for you. We're providing it as an option. You can choose to wear it or not to wear it. So we decided by choosing to wear it, we're saying, hey, we agree with this and we encourage this. And that's a message that we didn't want to put out. And like I said, it's not that we look down on it. We act on our sinful desires all the time. And that's why we need Jesus. But we are also called not to encourage or celebrate acting on sinful desires. So that was the difference for us. Is it felt like by choosing something that was optional, it would put out the message that, hey, we encourage this and and kind of do as you please, live your truth. And one, that's not what Jesus calls us to. And two, I don't think it's a recipe for a healthy life to just do everything you want whenever you want just because you feel like it. So I understand there's a lot of stuff with homosexuality and now you're born possibly with those desires. One thing I can say with conviction is you can control what you do with your desires. Before I was married, I had the desire to sleep with my then girlfriend doesn't mean I should. And again, it all comes back to the gospel and if you act on those desires, Jesus is waiting to forgive. So it's not a holier than now it just is something that we don't want to encourage
1: yeah so you've mentioned a couple times that the team made it optional I kind of take it that at one point you didn't think it was going to be optional but then they ended up making it a choice that was kind of left up to you to decide is that right do you think yeah you would have made the same decision if it hadn't been optional or how would this have played out if they would have said no you kind of got to wear it what would you have
0: done it was a tougher decision for everyone. I don't know exactly how it would have panned out because at that point I was thinking when we thought it was going to be like a requirement and that we were going to be disobedient, I guess, to not wear it. It was one that there, there's scripture on submitting to authority, but there's still is scripture on not encouraging sin. So it was going to be a really tough decision. And what kept hitting me when I thought it was going to be required was just like I said, when it's optional and I'm choosing to put it on, it feels like I'm saying I encourage this behavior if they made it for a requirement and I defied that, it seemed to me that at that point I'm communicating, I am against you to that community. And that didn't sit well with me. So I can't say honestly what I would have done, but it would have been a lot harder decision just because I would have added in some layers to it.
1: Yeah. So you were aware that you were going to put this patch on or the hat, the team was going to go down that direction. How far in advance were you aware of it? Is this something new since the season began or was it more recent than that?
0: I think they had sent out a message early in the season and then we all saw it probably like a month or so out. That's when the conversation started. So yeah, they gave us time and they hadn't, publicly announced it or anything so there was still time to adjust our plan and whether anybody was going to wear it you can make arguments for all different directions we should they have made it mandatory should they have just canceled the whole hat and patch part of it or did they do the right thing and i mean who knows but i do know the good came from it because there's been a lot of good conversations at the expense of people crushing me on twitter (laughs)
1: Yeah, I want to get to that in just one second. So best you can tell, and i obviously not looking for you to name names, and you don't know exactly what everybody's thinking all the time, but best that you can tell from the conversations you were a part of, why did the guys who were uncomfortable with it still go ahead and wear it? were they wrestling with some of the same kind of questions you were? Were all the guys who were considering not wearing it, was it all for the same reason, a faith issue, or were there a wide variety of reasons that guys were thinking about going a different direction?
0: I'm sure there was a variety of the guys that I all talked to. The reason they didn't want to is because they believe that it's not a desire we should act on. They're Christian men. And some of us were more convicted than that. Some were less. And some were convicted that, Hey, I'm gonna wear it because I want to show this community that I love them. Again, it's not necessarily a black and white issue. You know, some obviously wore it just because uh, this one stinks because I hate that they felt that way, but they just wore it because they did not want to deal with, you know, what we're dealing with right now, and, and that's understandable. You know, it's not a ton of fun. None of us asked for it. We didn't really want the attention that came with it, but it came with it. So we're just trying to do the best we can with it. Well,
1: one thing I appreciate about the way that you're talking about this is that you realize that it's a complicated issue and that people of goodwill and even of people who share your faith... Could come to different conclusions about it. It's not clear cut. It's not obvious what everybody should do here as if there's a clear right and wrong. And, you know, some people chose the right way and some people chose the wrong way. It's not that way at all. It's far more complicated than that. And it sounds like you and these other teammates, you've gave each other the grace to make other decisions and not feel like, you know, you sold out or you gave in or, you know, something bad like that, right? 100%
0: yeah and that's top down the Rays did do a phenomenal job with that just creating space to talk and say hey your opinions are welcome here.
1: You just want to pause for just another second and say how much I appreciate that because it is called, I think, the inclusivity offices, or that's how you referred to them earlier, right? Yes. But sometimes you feel like that role in an organization or a business or team or whatever isn't very inclusive. It's like we're inclusive, everybody who agrees with us, which yes. you know turns out not to be inclusive. But it sounds like, at least in your situation, that they really were inclusive of even people who disagreed with the team's approach. So props to them, right? But let's get to some of the blowback. Tyler Kepner in the New York Times said this, Words like lifestyle and behavior are widely known tropes often interpreted as a polite cover for condemning gay culture. Sarah Spain on Around the Horn said you were bigoted. My guess is you've seen this clip, but I wanna play it for you and then I wanna hear your reaction. What do these people not understand about your perspective? He's Tampa pitcher Jason Adam to the Tampa Bay Times, hard decision because ultimately we all said we want them to know that they are welcome and loved here, but when we put it on our bodies, I think
0: a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on or anything or differently, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage, if it, we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Sarah Spain, how does that all come off to you?
2: Pride is about inclusion. So you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. When you say trying to be bigoted. They're trying to use religious exemptions to affect the opportunities, services, uh, available resources for people who are LGBTQ+ and a patch on the jersey in in this way. In the case of sport, no, in the case of sport though, they're double talking if they're saying you're welcome while also saying that we don't encourage or, or we disagree with it, especially when there are devout people of every single religion that also welcome and are open to people who are born gay.
1: Okay, so wow, I mean, they're not holding back, whether it's the New York Times or ESPN, Those are some pretty big charges that they're accusing you. I assume you don't know any of them personally, so they're just doing this based on your statement. What do they not understand about your decision? What do they not get about what you and your teammates were trying to say?
0: I mean, obviously, it's a heavily emotionally charged subject, so you're going to get some emotionally large responses, and we knew that. But I think maybe what they aren't understanding, and what I probably could have done a better job communicating is that, yes, I'm calling, acting on this desire, sin. I'm also calling, if you wanted to get into it, a lot of things that I do, sin. And I'm just trying to walk a life where I sin less, but at the same time being thankful for Jesus's free grace, God's free grace to send Jesus to save me from my sins. So I wasn't trying to single out any group. And I was also trying to communicate clearly that though we are all sinners, we are all welcome here and we're all welcome to come to games. I don't want to affect anybody's ability to get an apartment, anything like that. I think we should all be treated equally and have the opportunity to have these conversations because that's how we all grow.
1: Well, she called you a bigot. And I don't think she just means you, right? She means anyone who thinks like you. Right. Are you bigoted against LGBTQ people? Do you treat them differently? Do you wish them ill? Do you want to keep them from civil rights?
0: Not at all. And I think that that's become a term that's just thrown around so loosely now. Right. We all knew we were going to be called bigoted when we did this. And that stinks because we all are wholeheartedly 100 percent for equal rights, for everyone being treated the exact same, regardless of anything, as long as you are not. Harming someone or breaking the law, you should be treated wholeheartedly equal. Right. So it's just silly when people throw that term around, but I understand it's coming from a place of hurt, likely.
1: Well, I think Tony Realli, the host there, even kind of pointed out a little bit how silly it is to say that a patch on a uniform or a hat is somehow keeping people from getting an apartment or adopting a child or what have you. Right. Civil rights are not determined by the uniform of a baseball player. And Sarah Spain said that pride is about inclusion. But evidently, it's not broad enough to include people who disagree or who kind of see things a bit differently. So her inclusiveness is pretty exclusive, it turns out. It's exclusive of anybody who doesn't agree with her, right? But I don't think she's the only one. There's a guy named Brian Ruby. He is an openly gay man who played, I think, only in the minor leagues. Are you familiar
0: with him at all? I don't think I am.
1: Okay, he said this, It always baffles me when guys use Jesus as their excuse to discriminate. Ruby told this news outlet, he said, Wasn't Jesus the guy who preached, love thy neighbor? Do you think that not wearing that patch and not wearing the hat is somehow making people feel like second-class citizens? and I guess the reason I'm asking that is because it seems as if that instead of people just having the right to live like they want to, now it's as if people expect everyone else to affirm their choices. It's not just, hey, we can all tolerate each other and our differences, our different perspectives, our different choices. Now it's, no, you have to celebrate my differences.
0: Yeah. Do you see that happening in culture? Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. You got... One, love thy neighbor. Yes, he was. But love is also rooted in truth. Hmm. Where do we find truth? It's in scripture. That is the only place with full truth and it will not fail. And then two, tolerance implies disagreement. So I don't have to tolerate the person that agrees with me on everything. That's not tolerance. That's just agreement. So if we're going to have tolerance, it does need to go both ways. And I need to be tolerant of Sarah Spain's opinion. I need to be tolerant of this former player's opinion. And hopefully we can take that tolerance to conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Tolerance, you said, well, implies disagreement. But... It doesn't sound like tolerance means anymore, at least, that tolerance means that we can all have different views and respect each other. Now, somehow, tolerance has come to mean that we all have to affirm the same sets of things, which seems to not make any sense. Yeah,
0: like you said, celebrate it, it. That's just like blindly celebrating things, whether you agree or not, just for fear of mob backlash.
1: So I'm going to test you a little bit because you said that you are not only uncomfortable or think that homosexual sexual activity is wrong, and I'm trying to remember exactly the way you said it. It could have been a little bit different than that. But also that there are a lot of heterosexual sins that you also think are wrong. And you gave the example of sleeping with someone who's not your wife or that kind of thing, right? Right. So let me test you on that, would you wear a patch or a hat that maybe said divorced and proud of it? Would you wear a hat or a patch that says cohabitate, have sex, but not be married? That's what we're going to celebrate tonight at the ballpark. No. You wouldn't wear those things, but you're on the team with people who...
0: People that do that all the time. And I think they would all speak for me and say that I have loved them well and been nothing but good to them. And that's something I mentioned in the interview that I'm not sure if it got printed or not. I have teammates sleeping with their girlfriends or whatever, and it doesn't change at all how I treat them or love them, but I wouldn't wear a patch supporting it. And I also wouldn't expect anybody else to wear a cross patch on faith and family night.
1: Yeah, so I think that really we need to pull that in a little bit because I think that's really good to see that you're consistent. In other words, I have people on my team who have a different set of values, different faith, different traditions, whatever, a different moral standard, and I am a good teammate to them. I want to be a good friend to them, but I'm not going to wear a patch that. Uh, celebrates things that I disagree with, even if I like them and consider them a friend of mine. And the same goes for the people who attend the game as a fan or watch on television or whatever, that you're not trying to keep anybody away. You're saying, hey, all come in, all welcome here. Let's all be a part of baseball and rally around this and enjoy this game that we've been given. But that doesn't mean we all have to agree with everybody and wear a patch advertising and celebrating everybody's choices, right? I mean, you're pretty consistent.
0: And I'm not going to wear a patch of sins that I'm guilty of, you know, because I don't want to celebrate those sins. It's a difference of embracing everybody and then celebrating sin.
1: Okay, so you brought up Faith and Family Day, and that's where I kind of want to go next because it's kind of interesting. I have grown up being a St. Louis Cardinal fan, and for the last 30 years, they have done Christian Day at the ballpark. And what that's always been, as far as I can remember, as far as I know, that's always been something that happened after the game is over. So game's over and now comes out the stage of the people who are going to talk and that kind of thing. And it's been totally optional. There's been a few players who have participated in it and depends on the year, more or less players feel comfortable being a part of it. Players aren't pressured to be a part of it. And if you didn't want to be a part of Christian Family Night or whatever it's called at this special day, you didn't have to. You weren't like considered anti-Christian if you didn't participate in Christian Family Night, right? There's no special uniforms. It was all done completely outside of the game. If you didn't participate in Christian Family Night, the media didn't come after you. They didn't say you were a bigot against Christians and all that kind of stuff, right? So if Pride Night had been handled the way christian family night has always been handled my guess is
0: there have been no pushback and that's what we said to several times in those meetings where he said we are for pride night we're for bringing everybody to this stadium and showing them that they're welcome here but kind of like i said too it's just when you're asking us if we want to put it on our bodies and celebrate it personally that's something that we don't want to do like I said, we're not going to go around, make everybody turn the T in the Tampa Bay on our hat to a cross <laughs> because that's not everyone's beliefs. And that's not how everyone wants to choose to live. But it is kind of the nature of our world right now. So we understand it. Yeah. Like you said, we are for the Knights. We are for bringing the people in, just like we are obviously strongly for Christian Knight at the ballpark.
1: Does Tampa Bay have one of those?
0: They do. It's coming up. I can get you the date. It's coming up soon.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, we posted this on Twitter that I was going to be talking with you and just to ask people if they had questions. And one of the persons responded and said, have any players privately reached out to you outside of your team? Have there been other players who reached out to you? And have those been positive, negative? What? I saw Jack Flattery posted something negative publicly. His, his
0: was not positive. <laughs> no,
1: his was not positive. But what about the private stuff? Have you heard from people?
0: Yeah. So I've had a bunch of people reaching out to me to show their support, former teammates, people I've never played with. And what's interesting is that privately it's a lot of support and hey, way to stand for Jesus. And publicly it's a lot of hate and uh you're a bigot, which I guess is kind of reflective of how our world's operating right now. But yeah, I mean I've had teammates, non-teammates, people who have gone out of their way to get my number from somebody who they knew played with me to just say, hey, stand firm for Jesus. We appreciate what you're doing.
1: So most of these are text messages, I take it, and not on social media. Do you respond to the negative stuff on social media, or have you decided to not respond, or have you responded privately? How do you handle that?
0: Both. So it's been... I mean, thousands and thousands of messages. So I'm trying to sift through them and find people that at some point I want to say thank you to the people that sent me their support. But I'm also trying to find like, there's been a few, like one guy who said, Hey, I'm gay. I appreciate how you thoughtfully said these things. This part you said was hurtful, but I understand you have a point. So I want to respond to him and be like, thank you so much for reaching out in a kind a cordial manner. Let's continue this conversation. One guy just said, Hey, I'm gay and I wholeheartedly support you. You shouldn't have to wear something that you don't agree with. Or people saying, Hey, where are you seeing in scripture that homosexuality is wrong? So I'm trying like anyone that's like genuinely asking or at least responding in a cordial manner, I'm trying to get to to respond, to continue that conversation. Cause I think by being the one to talk to the media, I think I that's the load I need to carry for a little bit to. Continue the conversation.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. Uh, And you have a lot on your plate. You're playing baseball, you've got three daughters. So it's not as if you've got a lot of extra time to kill, but I'm glad that you're pursuing those. You talked about some of the conversations you've had since this happened, maybe with teammates and that kind of thing. I don't know exactly who, but have you learned anything from those conversations as you've processed this with people? What have you learned? Would you do this differently if you had to do it over again? Or just what's come across your path in these conversations? What's on your mind from those?
0: Yeah, I think I've learned a lot about there is some significant amount of churches out there that are kind of twisting scripture to say things that if you read scripture in totality, I don't know how you could get there, but they're twisting it to fit what they want it to fit. And that's concerning. But I've also learned a lot about how There are specific words that can really trigger people who are homosexual or who are engaging in that. So, trying to say, maybe I would have tried to stay away from the word lifestyle and talked more about how, yes, we can't necessarily control the desires of our heart, but we control if we act on them. We want to encourage people to not act on those desires. So, maybe doing that could have been helpful. But at the same time, it's easy to get nitpicky with your words. I think anybody who was standing there during the interview or read, The whole passage would see my heart was not to hurt, but it was going to upset people. And I don't know that we could completely get around that.
1: Well, it makes total sense to me because we do want to learn and we don't want to use words that are hurtful or harmful. On the other hand, you start at some point wondering if we just maybe don't agree. And so it doesn't matter how I say it. The bottom line is that we don't agree. So maybe it's some of both. There's just some issues that we're not going to agree on, and it doesn't really matter how I say it. On the other hand, I do need to use my language carefully. Words are powerful, and they can do a lot of good, but they can also do a lot of damage. So good. I'm glad you're learning. I'm definitely learning about all this too. So let's move to the Major League Baseball for a second. What do you think their agenda is on this? Because they seem to be getting into these social issues more and more. In other words, I think it seems like they've put you in a difficult situation. By you, I mean you, your teammates, your team, all of it. They moved the all-star game out of Atlanta. They now have this pride deal, and they want teams to participate in it. So without getting into the specifics of those issues, do you think Major League Baseball really cares about all this stuff? Like they're informed and care, or are they just trying to signal they're on the right side of history? Do they think this is what their fan base wants? Is this what their players are demanding? I I don't get it. Why are they into
0: this? It's hard to say. I mean, obviously, we're all skeptical of major corporations and whether they truly care about these issues or if they just think. That's more people in the seats. That's more money. I can't say. I think this is the issue that it wasn't political to me. You know, it was faith-based. They've gotten to some other stuff that's political. And that just is what it is, I think. But I think, too, a lot of this stuff, if you aren't a Christian, it just makes sense to kind of go with the flow. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love. Jesus, we're called to love each other. And love sometimes means speaking truth, but it always means caring. For the people that we're speaking to and we're around.
1: Yeah, I like that. Speaking the truth in love. Sometimes it's a hard truth, but it should come with a sense that I want what's best for you as a person. But it seems like Major League Baseball, and they're not the only ones. I mean, the NBA, a lot of businesses and corporations outside of sports are getting more involved in these political and cultural issues. And I guess I at least can't quite figure out why, because baseball should be something that regardless of your political or religious affiliation, you should be able to come and just enjoy baseball. That's what we have in common And yet it's becoming harder to do that because Major League Baseball is getting involved in divisive issues. And like I said, it's not just them. But does this concern the players? Like, do players talk about this kind of thing? Like, what in the heck's happening here? Or do players just kind of busy doing their own thing?
0: We talk often. And I think the conversation is getting up as high as the commissioner's office because I think – With all issues, but especially issues that are like massive world events or like nationwide, they're not always black and white. Like it's not always clear cut. Like there's parts of each side, typically, if you'd step back, that you agree with. And there's parts of each side, if you step back, that you disagree with. So to take a firm stance in these political issues, you're depending on what point of view each person's coming from, you could be ostracizing half the people. That's why as players, we try to not just conform to the majors and try to speak what we see as truth and what we know is truth and try to separate from that.
1: So it seems like you've handled this really well, that you almost – in some sense, prepared for this moment. Not that you've ever been through anything like this before specifically, right? Where you are at the center of a media storm and ESPN, the New York Times, and everybody out there with a blog is turning on you. Everybody with a Twitter account is hating on you. You've never done that before. But my guess is you've been through some things that you've looked back on and go, it kind of prepared me for this. How did you get prepared? I mean, why are you handling this so well? There has to be something more than I've got a great wife. I'm sure you do but but there's more to it than that right
0: yeah i do feel like i and all those guys have been prepared for this i mean one obviously i do have a great wife and she pushes me to be a man wholeheartedly sold out for the lord and we went to a thing called the Canuck Institute it was like an 8 month program one off season and got rooted in scripture and just dove into the word and the point wasn't about these cultural issues but you see that god's word speaks into every issue that we'll encounter So, I felt like I was really equipped scripturally to defend my faith. So, I think that was a huge preparation. And then just conversations with, I mean, the locker room is an incredibly diverse environment. And I've been part of several different baseball locker rooms since 2010. You know, you have people from all over the world, all different walks of life, and you learn how different each person is, but also how similar each person is and how much we have in common. So, I think that's helped me really to try to speak in a way that can be received well, if you're willing to try to receive things well.
1: Has this impacted your faith, your prayer life, you know, or or not so much? Or has this really kind of challenged you?
0: Yeah, it's challenged me. And you grow in the challenges. I am very anti anything that preaches that following Jesus leads to health and wealth, <laughs> because it does lead to health and wealth, but not what the world would call health and wealth. Jesus and Paul tell us, We will suffer for the gospel. We will be persecuted. And that's what's happening now. But at the same time, I am overwhelmingly thankful that I live in a country where, though I may get some Twitter threats, my government's not going to execute me for sharing the gospel. Right. So this is persecution, but not on that level. So that makes me really thankful.
1: Yeah, I think that's good to keep all this in perspective, right? There's a difference between bad tweets and facing the lions in the Coliseum or... Uh, being thrown into prison or horrible things happening to your family. And none of it's pleasant, but it's good to kind of keep it a little bit in perspective. And I hate to say this, Jason, but I was most familiar with you before this is because of the injury you endured, pretty gruesome injury, and you came back far quicker than anyone expected. Did that prepare you for this in some way to trust God with what you're facing now? Or does that seem totally irrelevant and different to what you're going through now?
0: No, I think he's used every moment. So yeah, last year, that ankle injury put me on the couch for a month. What are you going to do? If the girls weren't up, you know, I'm going to read. I'm going to try not to just waste this time. And so I think God uses those times where you feel like you're in a cave And there's countless stories of that in the Bible. He uses those times of, if you want to call it suffering, or just things aren't going the way you want them to go, to just root us in Him, get our roots dug deeper, and see how loved we are. And it also gives us sympathy for people. Once I got hurt, I had more sympathy for people who walked through injuries. He uses all things for our good and His glory. And so I think that was definitely a key to prepare me for this.
1: Well, I can tell that you have spent a lot of time with God, building your convictions in the Bible, going through your own set of hard times, because you've handled this really well. I sometimes cringe when I see people who say they're Christians in the public eye, and I'm like, oh, please don't embarrass me, right? Because sometimes I watch people, maybe you don't have this because maybe you're a better person than me, but I see people in the public eye who claim to be Christians and talking for Christians, and I just cringe and I just think, oh, maybe I'm not a Christian after all because I don't want to be like I you. am not with you. Right? But when I've seen you do this, I mean, from what I've seen, you've handled it graciously, kindly. I mean, of course, you might not have used this word or that word, or you might do it over again. We've all been in that situation. All of us could go back and critique ourselves and wish we would have done it a little bit differently. But you have walked through this with grace, humility, love, But you've also taken a bold stand that's really hard to take right now. There's so much pressure to just go along. And you've admitted you felt that pressure. And you understand you're not even condemning people who make a different choice. But you didn't. You've said, no, here's what's right. And here's what I want to communicate. And a lot of good has come from it. But I think all of us are gonna be in this situation eventually, right? It's gonna play out differently. It's not gonna be in the news because we're not major league baseball players, right? But all of us are going to have to be in a position where we have to stand up for something we believe in when it'd be so much easier not to, to just go along. So what kind of advice, like having been through this, and I know you're not a guy who's got it all figured out. You would never want us to think that. But you have been through some things that maybe a lot of us haven't, but we're going to. So what advice would you have to give other people right now?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, obviously, pray about it. And it was interesting having conversations with some of the other guys that did this. So I'm more prone to be a people pleaser. So my advice would be to kind of know yourself and know who you are, because I'm more prone to be a people pleaser. So the easier thing for me would have just been to say, I'll just wear the hat. Like, let's not make the waters rough. A couple other guys are more prone to be debaters and they want to debate. They want to be argumentative and they love that controversy. So for them, it was one of those things of like, okay, am I doing this because I just want the controversy and I want the argument. And so kind of praying through that. And for me, it was, I need to, a scripture calls me to stand firm and speak lovingly and filled with truth just like it calls them to stand firm and speak lovingly and truth. And so they needed to focus more on the loving and truth part. And I've needed to focus more on the stand firm. So I think knowing our natural tendencies, that'd be my advice to know the way God has created you and your bend towards whatever people, pleasing argumentative, anything in between and just seek truth, seek wisdom from the
1: Lord. I think you've given us a path forward. You had developed your convictions before you got in this situation. You weren't trying to figure out what you thought the Bible taught in the moment, but you had done your reading, your studying, your preparing before this moment. You have done this in community. In other words, you're not just off by yourself, but you consulted other people, not just your teammates, but I'm sure even other people outside of that, right?
0: former chaplains, yeah, just friends, people from the Kanakuk Institute, people like, hey, what should I do here? How do I handle this? And since then, too, how do I handle this going forward now?
1: You're consulting other people. You're getting their wisdom and input. Uh, You know yourself and where you're prone to be weak and where you're prone to be strong. You have done this about as best you can, given the pressure of the moment, having a microphone put in your face to communicate graciously to communicate love, to communicate acceptance, but yet stand for what you believe the Bible teaches, to follow Jesus, and it could have gone a lot differently. I mean, I guess the team could have been more antagonistic. I'm glad they weren't, but they could have been. Your teammates could have all been antagonistically. You didn't moisten your fingers, stick it up in the air, and figure out which way the wind was blowing, but you took a stand, and it could have gone worse for you than it did, but you were prepared to deal with the consequences, I guess is my point, right? You're prepared to deal with whatever the fallout was, and That had to be tough to make that decision because you didn't know what it was going to be.
0: No, it was really hard. I mean, there's been consequences and there will be consequences of every action we take, but you didn't know how ugly it was going to be. I felt confident after all the conversations that we had the clubhouses full support. So that was huge. And we had our front offices full support. So that was huge. Our coaching staff, everyone full support. So that was huge. So then I'm starting thinking of the fallback on my wife and kids. But my wife, she was full go on this just as much as me. So I knew I had her support and, you know, and we just try to protect our family and our little girls the best we can. I mean, I'm thankful they're at a young age, but I also want to show them and prepare them that they're going to get to a point in their life where they may have to stand firm for something and maybe the world's going to be harder for them to do that. Maybe this will lead to more open conversation. It'll be easier for them to do. I don't know, but we are and we're ready to take on any consequences, but I'm thankful that it's played out, I guess, the way it has. Jason,
1: would you be willing to pray for us, just we as Christians, that we would be able to speak the truth in love? I think yeah. that's probably the model that God has given for us, right? And could you just mind praying for yeah. us that we would be able
0: to do that wisely? Yep, I'd love to. Dear Jesus, thank you so much uh, for giving us this ministry. Thank you for um, your soldiers, Lord, who want to go out and speak your truth, but we want to speak it lovingly. Thank you for. The grace you showered on us, um, even though we fail daily, every single one of us. So I pray that uh, as we go out, we'd share your gospel message in everything we do and how we walk and how we talk. And I pray that when those times come where there's pushback from the world, which you tell us there will be, and there's persecution from the world, which you tell us there will be, I pray that you would give us the strength to stand firm and the grace that you've given us, I pray that it would flow through us and we'd have grace in our conversation and love um, in our voice that we could just love others well in a way that honors you and uh, speaks truth and most importantly draws them to you, Jesus, and to the foot of your cross. Thank you, Lord.
1: Amen. Amen. Hey, Jason, I really appreciate you spending time with us. And not only am I a Jason Adam fan now, but I'm also a fan of your whole team and your organization. It sounds like everybody handled this really well and uh, props to you guys. So thanks so much. No problem.